Have you ever had a leader in your life that because of the way they sound, they speak, they deliver a message, they are somebody you want to follow? Think about it. Take a moment to reflect. Can you see that leader in your past, present, or future? So, my guest, Massimo, I am so grateful to have had a conversation with him. When you listen to his voice and his leadership insights, I just want to work for this person or somehow align our brands. He is a leader through and through. And a quick shout out to my network, Germain Saint-Denis. Thank you so much for the introduction to Massimo Barabia. He is an amazing leader. Please listen now, just a short part of our conversation, and I welcome you to the entire conversation. Everybody comes to work for different reasons. And the easy answer is they come for the salary. That's very easy answer. The point is, uh, what they're going to do with the salary? Because the reason is not the salary. The reason is what these people uh, want to achieve and want to do with their salary. It's impossible, I believe, to create a detailed vision that includes all. So it's imperative uh, for a vision to look at the longer term future. So uh, remove the vision from the company. Sometimes you see the vision how we want to become the best company in the world. We want to be the first choice of our customer. And I don't comment on those kind of vision. Let's leave this apart. But a vision, it's how do you see the world in 50, 100, 1,000 here? That's the vision. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, my name is Deb Kobe Allo, founder of Illumination Partners, and I simply want to thank you again for joining me on another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast, where I get to speak to amazing leaders week after week and share their insights with you. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to bring you great programming. And today, it is my honor to share the mic with my fantastic guest, Massimo Berbia. He is an experienced C-level executive with over 25 years in the oil and gas industry, specializing in asset integrity, working with business development, greenfield setup, and driving net-net revenue growth. A proven people leader who has led teams with over 3,000 full-time employees. But I will tell you, it is not what he does, but how he works. And there is some things from his CV that sincerely resonate and why I wanted to bring him to you. He talks about dealing with top level leadership and discovering what they are capable of doing and taking advantage of what are potentially problems to taking them to opportunities. He also seeks to find natural talent to bond with the clients to understand their point of view. And even more important to me and to also you is before we talk about the destination, we shine a spotlight across your organization to fully 
understand its people's process and technology. Massimo, it is my honor to have you on the show. How bad the honor is mine. And thank you very much for this fantastic introduction. And uh, it's, it's unbelievable being here. So I'm so happy and excited to be able to share some thoughts with you. And I do want to give a shout out to the network, Germaine, Germaine Saint-Denis, who has introduced us, another amazing people leader. Thank you so much for the introduction. But Massimo, you know, I have so enjoyed getting to know you through our discovery conversations, but for our audience, can you please share a little bit about yourself personally, as well as your career journey to arrive at the work that you're now doing? I'm that kind of guy that always believe uh, when opportunities appear so on, your, on, your, on your path, you got to take them. That's the only way to move forward. And this is exactly what I've done uh, through all my life, uh, creating network with people, uh, meeting people, listening to people, uh, working together side by side, always in a supporting way. And that's allowed me to create opportunities that from the very bottom of the ladders, I really start as the last person in the company and I ended up uh, on a C-level position. And I consider myself extremely lucky because I've been able to learn the job done by the hands, going to the middle-level management, going to the top management. And I understood that sometimes it's really important to be able to do a job by your, by your own self, but there is so much more rewards when you can enable other people and put together more people and create synergies. And this is when you exceed your own expectations. You know, I love that so much. I too learned my craft, learned how to be an engineer, a technical leader within operations. And that does take you so far and you are rewarded by that. But one of the things we, I think, arrive at as leaders is finding that we can exponentially improve the performance of an organization by then investing in the people that we lead. And so I always talk about people are the greatest tool in your toolbox. And so that's the place we've arrived at and for which I have so enjoyed your thought leadership and inspiration. So I'd love to take this in a direction. You drop into organizations now and you show up and they're at a major transformation. They're going through a change. You need to do something, you have a task at hand. Can you maybe share with us a little bit about how you do this, go into an organization, fix the problem, but maybe elevate the people in the process? Okay. I believe that we usually end up exactly where we want to be. So I look for this kind of organization. I need to be challenged. And I really feel um, it's a mix between empowerment and personal satisfaction to see people growing and blossoming and creating things that they were not capable of. So I would probably become, uh, I would say, bored and lazy if I have to run operation continuously and uh, on a repetition. I really need to, if you look through my CV, you can see I've done a few startups. I've been asked to do some startups. I've been in acquisition. I've been in merging. And are the things I love the most. When I can uh, take two different companies, with different beliefs, different strategies, and merge them together and get the best out of them. Uh, that's just amazing. To be perfectly honest, I cannot even take the credit of that because it's not me doing these things. It's the people doing those things. So I think that's a culmination of a concept that you've talked about, that 
I too love going into, I guess, sometimes chaos, <laughs> trying to figure out what the common theme is. But you've also talked to me a little bit about the diversity, having potentially a multi-ethical ethnic organization. What is it that, I don't know, how do you bring them together knowing that they have so many different perspectives, job descriptions, et cetera? How do you line all that up to achieve optimal performance? Today, more than ever, uh, we are facing uh, identity issues. So companies are so big, uh, so globally available, where people can join from every side of the world to your company. And it's not uncommon to find company got uh, 15, 20. I was working with an organization with 28 different nationalities. You can imagine that it's impossible to have a common heritage of a common beliefs that keeps all together. So the question is, uh, how do you ensure that everybody walk to the office uh, in the morning uh, with the same drives uh, and they want to go in the same direction? So everybody comes to, the, to work for different reasons. And uh, the easy answer is they come for the salary. That's very easy answer. The point is, uh, what are they going to do with the salary? Because the reason is not the salary. The reason is what these people uh, want to achieve and want to do with their salary. It's impossible, I believe, to create a detailed vision that includes all. So it's imperative uh, for a vision to look at the longer term future. So I remove the vision from the company. Sometimes you see the vision, how we want to become the best company in the world. We want to be the first choice of our customer. And I don't comment on those kind of vision. Let's leave this apart. But a vision, it's how do you see the world in 50, 100, 1,000 here? That's, that's the vision. So if we say, I'll give you just an example. We believe that we want our children and grandchildren to live in a world that is in peace, is sustainable, where everybody got an education and everybody got the capability to express their inclination. That is our vision. And everybody may say, we like this vision and we really would like this kind of world to exist. Then at this stage, you have a mission statement. And the mission statement is the definition of how your company will contribute to that vision. So what we do today, we work and we do something. But while we do this something, we give people the opportunity to grow and to blossom. We give people the opportunity to be equal. We give people the opportunity to grow up and get promotion. So we start to build a small, very small model of the world, of the future that you want to achieve. And then you have values. The values, uh, people believe the values, as long as you say, we are good, we are this, we are that, they are fine. But what are the values? The, the values are nothing else than the rules boundaries and limitation that canalize the mission statement. Because if you have a vision, the way you reach this vision may be not right. You may do mistake. You may break the law with a good intention to reach that vision. The values set the limit on how you're going to operate your mission statement. And this is our this interlink between vision uh, mission statements and values. In any organization, uh, you, you reach a point uh, 
that there are limits how much the people can grow. At the end of the day, there is only one CEO, only one president, only one vice president, and also in government at the end of the day. There is limited position that you can keep. How do you motivate people to push forward, knowing that there are hierarchic difference, gaps that cannot be filled? Here, I believe we need to make a change on how we give meaning to certain words. Success. I, I really believe that we should stop identifying success with titles. Oh, I am a senior project manager. I am a successful person. Oh, I am a board of director. I am a successful person. Because there is a major issue with this one. The moment that you get retired, you lose your title. You are not anymore a successful project manager. You're not anymore a successful uh, member of the board. There is a meta level where a janitor, with all the respect, maybe should have used uh, something else, but just to take it to extreme uh, on an organization, and a CEO can reach success exactly at the same very level. So there will be no difference between the success of a janitor and the success of a CEO. Because the new success that you're looking for is not found on the business card and the title, but it's found in the personal achievements. As a company, we should teach our people, we should ask our people, but also our children. I do with my daughter, actually. Who do you want to be as a person when you're old? How do you want people to remember you? Because this is going to create a significant change in your life and the way you behave. I'm talking too much. I hope not. <laughs> no, no. I am mesmerized by this because, you know, and I'm going a little off script here. You know, I have this podcast interview with people so that I also can be inspired because I think, and I say this, I was surrounded by wonderful managers, people that technically invested in my career, but I never really understood vision, mission, and then the values and all of that so that you can align an organization to move forward in one direction. And while I did see this on paper, the essence was never cascaded down to me as a leader. And so I had to reach inside and find out, well, what was my vision, my mission for my team, and what were the ways of working or values in order to move them forward? And in the end, we achieved some amazing results. And so I'm enamored by the fact that you know I have the good fortune of speaking with a leader like you who has such good insight for other people. And I so wish not only the senior leaders who are listening to this, if you haven't yet done this kind of work and not just put it on paper, but really understand if your people have internalized it and do they align what they're doing and their value with some kind of purpose, some kind of impact and something that connects with them personally. If we haven't, there is such a missed opportunity in the performance of individuals in the organization. So love what you have to say. <laughs> okay. I'm excited because you are challenging my mind. So I'm thinking about thinking that I'm thinking and I elaborate in the process. Imagine for a second that your objective is to be a CEO. Every step you take, every choice you make is on that direction. And not necessarily those choices that you have to take are the right one, are the right one to drive you in that direction. And that's why sometimes you find uh, senior people that are not very happy. They're emotionally very proven because uh, they have to do things uh, 
they don't want to do, but they have to do it. There would be something in bracket within this, uh, because at the end of the day, I work for office, I have to make money. But if you instead know exactly what kind of person you want to be, all your uh, decisional process uh, become a lot easier. Because uh, if you met a person, you say, I want to be Debbie friends. The question is, is Debbie help me to become the person I want to be? Yes or no? So in my organization, we have to do this. Is this decision helping me to become the person that I want to be? Yes or no? If it's not, I have to find another solution. I can't just fire people for the bottom line because there are other solutions and we have to take those other solutions. So we really have to stop compromising for the sake of the title and start to take the right decision for the sake of the consistency to the person that we want to be. Now, brackets. Brackets. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Any organization priority is to make money. That's the priority number one. Now I can hear someone say, no, safety is priority number one. No, safety is a core value. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with the priority. You do nothing unless it's safe. The priority is to make money. So stop kidding and stop telling the people the story. I, when I see these big uh, signs uh, on place, safety is our priority. No, it's not. Your priority is to make money. That's why your company do exist. Your core value is safety. So you do nothing unless it's safe. So we need to make money to survive. We need to make money to pay the salary. We need to make money to contribute to society. We need to make money to move this organization, to achieve its goal towards the vision that we have. And this is where we come to the difference. I don't accept making money for the sake of the bottom line. Just making money for the sake of making money. We have to make money because money is the medium to support an higher purpose. And this is exactly what we need to have. We can't work without purpose. This is so in line with a lot of what I discovered after I left corporate. I had to create my own vision or mission statement. And forgive me if I don't have them separated, but one of the things I did for my business was to achieve financial peace of mind while doing purposeful work. So it doesn't say I have to make a lot of money, but enough money to be able to live the life I want to while choosing and picking the people that I work with and doing purposeful work. It does not equate a particular title. It does not speak to particular revenue goals. Yes, they are there because I need to sustain the business, but everything I do, I have this guide. Is it purposeful work? But I also have a theme to be inspiring. And so what am I doing today that is inspiring others? And so it does help. It does help in prioritizing your work. And I think that is so inspirational to anybody who maybe feels lost, is having a difficult time making decisions. Think about what is it that you want to be as a person, not only to yourself, but also to others, not just in the context of a corporation. Really, really great wisdom. I'd love to take this in a slightly different direction because there's so many things that we have talked about in the past. But we also talk about education. We have both children. We talk about education being great. We teach our children technical skills, but sometimes it does not prepare us for leadership roles. Sometimes it does not prepare us for entrepreneurial ventures. You have thoughts about this and what can we as a society or parents or individuals do 
to help nurture leadership or entrepreneurship at a younger age? I have my own personal definition of leadership. Mm-hmm. And I say that leadership is jumping off the cliff and building your planes while you're falling down. And it may sound very risky, but actually it's probably exactly what it is. And it's nothing different from an explorer in the past that was jumping on a boat and sailing the sea, looking for new places. And the risk is a part and is a component uh, of every, um, every journey. I have a 14 years old daughter and I fight a little bit uh, with the system because I notice uh, the school system as it is, at least in Italy, so I can talk for other uh, countries, they teach them to win. They do everything to create a favorable condition, the environment for them to succeed. And I'm really scared about this because what's happened the first day, she will fail. And uh, I really believe uh, failure is the foundation of success. Deb, we are very good. We, we have been living uh, a certain numbers of time. But we put together a solid experience. We have been all very good in failing in so many things. We fail so much that we are professional failure. Sometimes we fail the failure and we succeed. Okay. Okay. Does it make sense? It does. Somebody said to me one time, what are you afraid of? You might succeed when exactly. having a difficult decision or taking a risk. Yeah. The worst case scenario, you succeed. You already know you're not going to make it. Give it a try. Maybe you can do it. And I believe school should change a little bit. It's too much about notions and a lot less about understanding. One of the conversations with my daughter, she said, why I have to study those things? I can Google it. And she's right, because I can Google everything. You, you ask me something, I and answer you. Yeah. So that's uh, knowledge uh, at the finger of your tip. The problem that uh, internet uh, doesn't give you the understanding. So you don't know what you have to search uh, when you find how to use it. So these are information available, but not understanding available. And the school should really work a little bit more to create the mental architecture for the kids to be able to use the information. So they, they need a software. The data is available on the internet. So stop studying things mnemonic. I agree with that. You're wasting your time. You want to read a poem. You Google, is there. Shakespeare, is there. Available. Read it. Everything. But understanding what Shakespeare means is different. So that's how I see the school. But I also see the working environment should make some changes because we are talking about inclusion and diversity. I have the perception, at least in my industry, that it's extremely regulated by procedure. So we, we live in a procedural world that inclusion and diversity is more than a tick of a box exercise rather than a real contribution. And let me explain with a small example. If you hire five chefs, three-star Michelin chefs from around the world, and you give them the ingredient, and you give them a receipt, and you say, follow it, they will deliver five dishes that look and taste all the same. Why? Because they're professionals. They know how to cook. They know how to read the receipt. They know how to treat the raw material, but you told them what to do. Very different is if you give them the same material, 
but you say, forget about the receipt, cook based on your heritage and experience. Then you will have an extremely entertaining dining experience with five of the best chefs in the world cooking with you with their contribution of their heritage and knowledge. Today, if you take all those guys and you put them working on a, on a factory, on a production line, and you tell them, that's the procedure, bottom green after the second bottom yellow, there's no point to employ on diversity. They're obliged to do the same thing. There is no real richness. I believe that there are areas on an industry that is really not necessary. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah, you can still employ people on diversity, but it doesn't contribute. But all the area of the business where creativity is involved, where brainstorming is involved, where strategic thinking is involved, then you have to take your procedural manual, you throw into the bin, and you let these people find solutions based on, on their way of thinking, their brain architecture, their heritage, their country way to approach things. I, I don't know if I made myself clear. No, it totally makes it clear for me because, again, we do have to teach people how to do certain things. We have to teach them the mechanics. But I, too, have found, even in my training, I've been taught various problem-solving techniques because they may not be taught within the education system. But even following proven techniques like DMAIC, define, measure, analyze, improve, and control, yes, we're teaching it. But even that, we don't allow people to think or be critical thinkers, or look at data or context or information, and then celebrate the differences of all of the different chefs that come together because they all have a different perspective. And being able to, as you say, brainstorm and analyze the best opportunities to create something better for the future. Yes, Mm. you may get a great recipe for business, but you may not stand out and achieve that mission because you're doing what everybody else is versus teaching people experientially how to take risks and how to have critical thinking skills. Such a missing dimension. I wish we could bottle that and accelerate that learning for our people who are coming up through the organization. Yeah. I mean, there are so many things I want to take this in a different direction. One of the things that I just love about speaking with you is that you have such great leadership insight. While you drop into organizations and provide leadership as a senior leader in an organization, you take so much time to also put yourself out on social media and your thought leadership. And I so often see great leaders and they have no presence. You maybe see a sales and marketing person putting out all kinds of content But behind the scenes, you really don't, it's not that person's voice. You choose to put your voice out there. We know you can do your job, but you put so much inspirational insight out into the world. And you've been acknowledged quite a bit on social media and then in testimonials on your LinkedIn profile. Why? I think because I'm giving voice to people that doesn't want to expose themselves. So Mm -hmm. people recognize the things that I say, they recognize the problem that I talk about, uh, they recognize the technique that I'm talking about, uh, and they use them. Uh, You're right. I have a day job, but I also have people working for me and working with me. That's the magic of delegation. (laughs) Just empower people to do their job. There are three different ways to delegate. Uh, I'm not going to talk on two acceptable ways, but let me talk about uh, abdication of delegation. 
I never abdicate the delegation. It means uh, I never leave people alone doing something without support. This is never going to happen. However, over time, I got that feeling and sensitivity to see with a discrete advance uh, when a problem is coming. So if I don't have the feeling the problem is coming, uh, I really leave people to work their own path. We have weekly meetings. We have actually two weekly meetings where I want to have an update. During this weekly meeting, uh, I take the right to express uh, concern if I have it, but uh, usually I don't address those concerns. So I let people to metabolize what I'm talking about and say, listen, I believe this may lead to this kind of issue. I see this coming. Why you don't see this coming? So it's a learning process where I try to coach and mentor. I differentiate between coaching and mentoring. One is about the how and one is about the why. So when you coach someone, it's how to do something. And when you mentor in someone, it's why you do something. And it's always difficult to maintain this balance because you really want the people to click. When I was a kid and the people were telling me how to do things, I didn't like it. I have to break apart my toys to understand how they work. And then I want to put back together. And when someone comes to me, ah, oh, you have to do this way, it's a good way. And it's something that is coming with me. I believe people, they have to reach that moment where ping, they have the light in their head, they say, ah, now I got it. Because when they reach the point, they will never forget again. That's closed, chapter closed. We will never have that disc- this discussion again. And so that is what amazing leadership is about. This gives you the opportunity to put out your thought leadership in the world to anybody who wants to read it, but then also you are able to mentor them or coach higher performance. So that's why you do all of that. And that's the work I love to do. But this has been an amazing interview. I know people are going to want to connect with you because you are an inspiring leader. But before we go, I want to give you an opportunity to share anything else about leadership before we bring Mm. it to a close. Because you talk about giving. (laughs) Yes. It's not easy to say what leadership is uh, because it can be different uh, for everyone. It's not a title because you can write on uh, your business card, uh, Mr. Leader Massimo Prebbia. It doesn't even sound good either. It's not a position. There is no job description for leadership. I think it's an act of giving when it's needed. It's a moment uh, where you spark something that persists uh, even when you left. A leadership, uh, it's giving something you don't own or possess. I can give an example. If I give you five bucks, they move from my pocket to your pocket. That's a transaction. It's an exchange. But uh, if I see you sad, crying, and I come close to you, and I hug you, and I comfort you, you feel better. I hope so, at least. But uh, I don't own comfort, but I create comfort for you. I don't go home with less comfort in my pocket uh, because I gave comfort to you. So let's uh, redefine leadership to something more spiritual and in line uh, with humanity, because this is what it's all about. Uh, It's dealing with people, and we are not machines. So Massimo, I am so grateful for this time with you. When I first met you, I was inspired by your leadership. I also 
try to aspire to be able to inspire other people and make a difference and be the person that you want to be, not necessarily a title or what you do. So I know people will want to learn more about you and your work. How can people connect with you? They can connect me on LinkedIn and I will be available to answer almost to everyone. I'll do on a daily basis as much as I can. And uh, if I don't answer immediately, please understand that there is a lot of people sending a message to me and I try to answer everyone, but it may take a little bit uh, of time. There is some lag. So it is a pleasure to know you. I wish you continued success. And just thank you for being a fantastic guest on the show. Oh, thank you. You are an amazing host. This, I'll never forget this experience. I love it. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.